As Moses looked on, he was surprised to see that the bush, though on fire, was not consumed. So Moses decided, I must go over to look at this remarkable sight and see why the bush is not burned. Tomorrow, we are going to celebrate confirmation for our eighth graders. And I'm a huge fan of confirmation because I'm a huge fan of the Holy Spirit. And I think most of us probably don't understand really exactly what's going on in confirmation because we can't say you're receiving the Holy Spirit because you already received the Holy Spirit when you were baptized. So what exactly is going on in confirmation? Confirmation is a stirring up of the grace of the Holy Spirit that was poured into our hearts first at baptism. It's the activation more deeply of what we've already received for the building up of the church. Baptism is especially for our sanctification, our relationship with the Lord. Confirmation is a commissioning, a sending forth with deeper powers in the Holy Spirit for the building up of the whole church, not just for me. Now, I just want to throw up and share a couple of these probably sad realities that we're confronting in the church. Statistically speaking, probably 80 plus percent of those that are being confirmed in general, not necessarily at our church, will not be practicing their faith in four years. Probably more than 80% will not practice their faith. They will have no desire to pray every day and to go to Mass every Sunday. Maybe they'll come back for breaks and when mom and dad want them to go, they'll go to church Christmas and Easter and Ash Wednesday. But aside from that, no real desire to do any more than that. The statistic is... 50% or more of those coming into the church at Easter in one year will not be practicing their faith. Those that have just come into the church. We know that 75% plus of Catholics don't actually believe in a few minutes when I say those words, this is my body and this is my blood, 75% do not believe that is actually Jesus and not just a symbol of him. These are pretty concerning realities, and the list goes on and on. The church is getting smaller. And if we keep doing the thing the way, if we keep doing things the way we have always done them, we're going to continue to get what we've always got, which is less and less, less and less. So what would you say would be the way forward in a church that's shrinking with young people that really just couldn't care less about being Catholic or being Christian or practicing their faith, especially as we have a culture that is increasingly inimical to Christian values? What would you say the way forward would be? I'm going to propose to us that it has a lot to do with this passage that I just read. This bush that is on fire but not consumed. What we in the church lack is not good information. We have the fullness of truth. What we lack are men and women on fire. We lack 
people on fire that when, just like Moses looked at the bush, he says, I must go and look at this remarkable sight and see why the bush is not burned. If people saw us on fire for love of God and for other people, that's attractive. People would say, I want what they got. What generally they are looking at are people that are filled with apathy, indifference, and basically all of the natural vices that they see in non-Christians. What difference does it make to go to Mass on Sunday if they're doing exactly the same thing as everyone else? They believe the things that everyone else basically believes. Why in the world would I care? I don't blame them. I don't blame them. It's until they have seen someone that is different that they'll realize that there is a difference. Many Christians and Catholics are so more in name than they are in reality. They might have received the Holy Spirit in baptism. They might have even received confirmation and a deepening of that Holy Spirit. But it's as though all of it is just kind of settled to the bottom of the water. And it has yet to be stirred up into a vortex that is attractive and powerful and magnetic. We lack people on fire. We lack people on fire. What we don't lack in our culture are celebrities. And many, most, maybe all, of our young people want to be celebrities, or they want to be like certain celebrities that they know. The real danger in that is that most of the celebrities they admire are not worth imitating. They might be good at something, or they might be attractive in a skill that they have, say the sports or humor or whatever else, but their character is not worth imitating. This is really scary because you become like that which you admire. And if you're admiring people that have certain skills but don't really have any foundation, that's really, really dangerous. And we're reaping the fruits of that in our culture now. What we will not lack in our culture are young men and women who want to be really good at sports. Why is that? Because we celebrate sports. And we see people that are really good at sports. And a lot of us are paying attention to a lot of basketball games right now because we care a lot about it. And as kids, they're watching their parents. What do they care about? If we celebrate sports, that is what our children will want to do. If we participate and see sports and people that are really good at them, that's what they're going to want to be. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be good at sports. I'm just using this as an image. The reason why young men and women, they want to go on to play sports in high school and in college is because they have seen people that are excellent at these things and they want to be like that. And that's, it's a good desire in and of itself. So I'm proposing the reason why more people aren't wanting to become more deeply involved in their faith is that they haven't seen the game being played very well. If we watched a tournament of really mediocre athletes struggling to follow the rules of the game, we're not going to be very inspired. We're not going to fill out brackets figuring out who's going to win. Just so, if people are looking at a whole bunch of mediocre Catholics and Christians, it's not going to inspire anyone to want to be involved, right? 
So the key is coming ablaze with the Holy Spirit. So now that I've painted a pretty grim picture, I want to go ahead and propose how we, might want, how we might start to stir into flame that gift of the Holy Spirit we have all received. And the first step is a hard one, but that's just why I preach about it so often. It's most important. And it's what Jesus says in the gospel. As I said, not just once, twice today. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. All of us, myself included, need to repent of the ways that we have been hypocritical, that we have not lived up to the high bar that Jesus is calling us to. If any of us claim to be perfect, we are greatly deluded. If any of us profess to be already saintly, we have been greatly deluded. We're not... People aren't wanting, young people aren't wanting to become like us because we're not on fire and we're not inspiring them as the athletes are inspiring them to want to be good at sports. The first step is to repent of any of the ways, maybe not only that we have not been an imitation of Jesus, we have actually been an obstacle to Jesus for other people. In our judgment of them, our gossip, our overindulgence in the things of the world, alcohol, social media, pornography, whatever it might be, whatever it is, we have been an obstacle to other people. We need to repent of these things. There is no way we can be fervent in our faith without regular confession. It is just simply not possible. You will not find a saint who was on fire, and saints by definition are on fire, without going to regular confession. It is simply impossible. Every month, at least every two months, to get back to confession. Again, this is if you want to be a fervent, on fire kind of Christian. We can be mediocre Christians. I can set the bar very low. But again, it's not going to inspire anyone. Young men and women aren't looking for us to lower the standard. They want to give themselves to something that is great. And I think we've done everyone a disservice by saying, well, if you would just do this bare minimum, then you'll be a good Catholic. What a disservice we've done. As I was able to talk to our eighth graders a few weeks ago, or maybe a couple months ago, rather than saying, here are the couple of things I'd really like you to do as, as your priest, would you please just mind Every once in a while when you have the time, could you please just make it to Sunday Mass occasionally? It's not inspiring anyone. I said, if you want to be Catholic, if you want to be a fervent Christian, this is going to take everything. This is going to involve your whole self. This is going to affect what you watch, what you listen to, who you spend time with, how you spend your time, how much you pray, the decisions that you make, everything. It involves everything. This is not just a little side hobby that we do for an hour on Sunday. Our faith in the truest form is all-consuming. Jesus is inviting us to be on fire with Him. The first step is repentance. And the second is actually wanting the fire. 
Jesus said, ask and you will receive. And I've heard people that have received messages that they believe are from the Lord. And the message is basically the same thing. You receive not because you ask not. You receive not because you ask not. And many of us don't ask because we don't realize that there's any more than than what we already have. If you don't know there's more, it's hard to ask for it. And so as we conclude, as I conclude this homily, and as we transition into beholding Jesus actually making himself present on this altar, all consuming fire is about to be made present on this altar. The fire is there. I want to pray for us that we can actually receive some of that fire. Again, that first step is repentance. And if we need to go back to confession, making the resolution right here, right now, I'm going back to confession. And number two is to ask for the fire. And right now I'm going to ask for it for you. And all you have to do is simply receive and give consent. Jesus, I accept whatever, whatever's being poured out right now, I want it. If we don't want it, if we don't ask for it, we will not receive it. He is not going to force the door. He's waiting for us to open the door from within. So if you would, receive this prayer with me and enter into this blessing that the Lord would like to bestow upon you. Jesus, you are faithful. You are good. You love us so much. You did not create us for mediocrity. You created us for greatness. Jesus, expand our hearts to want more. You want more for us than we even want for ourselves. I ask you, Jesus, to stir into flame the gift of the Holy Spirit that we have received by our baptism and by our confirmation. Set us ablaze so that people might want to come and see what is this remarkable sight, how we can be on flame and not consumed. Jesus, stir up in our hearts the fire of your love that consumes any apathy, any indifference, any hardness of heart. Bring down the walls, Jesus, now in your name. I lift off any diabolical lies, any diabolical influence that is preventing us from desiring and pursuing that which the Lord has offered and is offering even now in this Eucharist. Be lifted off all heaviness, all burden of anxiety, all depression, all hopelessness. Be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. And receive now a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Receive it from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Receive new fire in the Holy Spirit. Receive a new baptism in the Holy Spirit, in the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out for us on the cross. Receive the love of Jesus Christ. Receive your most fundamental identity as a beloved son, as a beloved daughter, in whom he is well pleased. Jesus, you want so much for us. Increase our desire to ask for much. Jesus, kindle in our hearts right now as we receive you, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Kindle in us the fire of your love in the Holy Spirit. Amen.